0: Your Bible Speaks Church family, it is an amazing day. Today is like no other because you've chosen to listen to something so encouraging and I cannot wait for you to hear it. Today's message is phenomenal. I may be biased, but can I tell you, you can engage and let us know how you felt about today's message by using the comment section of this episode. We want to hear from you and it is my prayer. But by the time we reconnect at the end of this message, that your life will be on fire that you will be excited to do what God has called you to do. I'll see you at the end of the episode. Sandranita and I have this little joke that goes back and forth. Um, she analyzes my sermons and gives me some good critique. And one of the things she says to me is and Maria backed her up one day and was like, you know, lately you've been giving us like a like a four for four or or a, really a bargain. You're, you're cramming four or three sermons into one uh, sermonic discourse. and And today, there's two sermons, but only one will get preached, amen? Amen. But church family, our whole existence is to bring God glory. Like, that's just period, point blank, glory. But one of the challenges... Of human existence and I would be surprised if anyone can keep their hands you know there's this Instagram or social media thing that happens put a finger down do this with me put five fingers up Put a, and if you can keep all five fingers up you win right so put a finger down if you've loved someone Put a finger down if you've prayed for someone. Put a finger down if you've hoped for the well-being of someone who is sick. Put a finger down if you've had to face death in your family. Put a finger down if death is problematic and bothers your spirit. There's not a single person who has a hand Left. We as Christians are oftentimes when a casket is laying before the church, families in the first rows grieving, hospitals and chaplains and nurses watch life leave people. It's not like you would see on your favorite medical drama. In most situations it's calm, quiet, peaceful, still, and yet death is imminent, death takes a punch and knocks the loved one, the community, knocks people to the ground. Death is so strong, it's like that elementary school bully, that when you are at the phase of it could happen, your life seems to slam to a halt. The risk of death is almost as traumatic as death itself. Church family, your pastor has had a crisis, understanding death. Around this time, between February and March, I I remember losing my grandparents. I don't know what month it is for you. I don't know when you reflect on those that you've loved and that you've lost. There was a shooting in Salem this week and i couldn't help but call my little brother and say hey zach are you okay and the relief and the joy of being able to hear that he's not the person who was shot in salem brought peace and comfort to me see death is this tricky thing that was introduced to humanity and yet it is not fully understood until you experience it personally Romans 6, chapter 23. I mean, sorry, Romans 6, verse 23, which was read earlier, reminds us of what happens with death. The text says, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God, we come today to exhume our worries, our anxiousness, and our fear at the presence of the life giver. Lord, today we're going to exhume and touch on death. So, Lord, we ask the master teacher to come teach us today. Hide me behind the cross, Lord. Let none of my words be mine, but, Lord, let it be something that changes a heart, refines a mind, and restores a grieving heart. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I was going to preach on Esther. This week, the Jewish community celebrates Purim. And it's a holiday honoring Queen Esther. But sometimes calendars don't get to dictate what God has to say. This past week, people have lost loved ones. This past week, people have died on battlefields in Ukraine. People have died all over this world. Death happens a lot. But church family, the thing about death is that it has the ability to change a life. Scholars and thinkers and uh, those who like to just make up thoughts oftentimes discuss the meaning of life. Why does life have value? Why does life have meaning? Some people say it's to love. Some people say it's to do good in the world and put this positive energy in all the other uh, kind of philosophy and theory about the purpose of life. But for the Christian, we understand that we are agents that are a part of the great controversy, who are a part trying to prove and justify God's divine character. But see, the one thing that can challenge God's character the most in the eyes of the Christian, in the eyes of a person, is when you encounter death. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. That's a great phrase and encouragement, a great hoorah in church. But what happens when your loved one is dying from cancer? What happens when you get a phone call saying that you have to rush to the hospital because a person isn't doing too well? What happens when you find out that someone that you care about passed away tragically in a vehicle accident or even worse has died on a battlefield defending a country? See, church family, death happens because of sin's introduction into the world. But the problem is sin requires death. There there cannot be remission of sin without the what? Shedding of blood. But blood is a thing in our bodies that all the elements and the things that make up blood helps power the body and to provide life. Heart surgeries are so important because the heart is a pump that pushes blood to other parts of the body. The lungs are so important because the lungs help uh, bring air and oxygenate the blood. Church family, your kidneys and your um, systems help clean the blood and get it prepared to be able to go circulate and remove all the other things that are within it. And if one piece fails, Dialysis, breathing treatments, heart surgeries. But yet, if you get a cut on the wrong spot, if you get a cut along your neck deep enough, you can bleed out, and there's nothing you can do. In the sacrificial system, lambs were shed, their blood was shed. To be able to be a type of sacrifice that prepares us to understand the importance of Jesus' sacrifice. And church families see the wages of sin requires, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. The problem that I at least see when I encounter death, or I used to understand this, I had to have a come to Jesus moment and a conversation with death, and a conversation about death with God, that There is something important that in our theology, in our way of thinking about death, we are trying to fast forward the process. Church family, death. Today's message is entitled Death Wins. Crazy concept. We're Christians. We know that Jesus came out the grave victorious, and death doesn't have power over us, right? Death can't hold us. We're not stuck by death anymore, but truth is, church family, death wins. In Portland this week, there's something called March Madness that one of the host sites is Portland's motor center and people played the game of basketball there are hundreds of athletes who play the game and who will play representing their school and what happens is if you lose your game when you're playing in March Madness it's over and you're done it's called sudden death Church family the thing is when we play these games and when we see these things where something happens and it ends instantly We assume, oh, it's okay. Um, Our world is saturated and has desensitized our our communities of the importance and the gravity of death. You want to know how we can do it? Not only do we say a basketball game is sudden death, and if a team gets eliminated, it's over and their season's done. Not only do NFL teams have the similar type playoff structure, but our video games, our TV content always seems to have the titular hero come back Fine. Marvel did it with Endgame when Thanos, spoiler alert, snaps and humanity, half of humanity is wiped out and then the next movie, half of humanity is restored. It happens in video games like GTA. I can easily navigate through the little video game world, shoot a character and then they respawn. Church family, our society and Satan is so crafty that if we don't understand and be mindful and keep our minds sharp, we become desensitized to the ramifications of death. You cannot respond if you die. When someone dies, they don't respond on the other side of the planet or on another uh, celestial plane that you are unable to see. When you die, you're dead. When you die, there is nothing else. For that moment. Church family, the problem is when we read this text and we do what some people like to do, blow through commas, blow through hyphens and other grammatical um, indicators of the way we're supposed to read, the interesting thing is if you look at different translations have different, um, they have the semicolon, the dot and the comma, and then some translations use just a comma. The ESV uses the dot comma, so the semicolon, and then The King James uses a comma. The text reads, the wages of sin is death, comma. The problem that I experienced, and I hope that this brings light to someone, that I would blow past that comma because I'm uncomfortable. The wages of sin is death. But but then, you see... Oh, death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? We throw these biblical texts about death together in order to soothe an aching heart. But what happens is you hear it over and over. You start to remove it from its context, and then you miss the fact that time has to pass. You could end up in a a hospital room or sitting at the bedside of your loved one in your comfort of your own home, and you're standing there saying, Oh, the next thing someone sees is Jesus. You interpret, and then you start to, you interpret it and start to internalize it to the point of where you're saying, okay, cool. Sin happens, death wins, sin and death get their little trophy, the game is over, the tournament, that game tournament is over. But then now Jesus is kind of come back and it's gonna make it all better. Church family, the problem that at least I experienced, and I wonder if anyone else maybe has had this frustration with God and needed a moment of reflection and refreshing, you maybe have passed by the fact that there has to be some consequence for our sin and it's our death and that separation because what happens when you sin? When you sin, there is a transgression of the law and there is a gap, a gulf that is created between us and God And in that time period, there has to be a consequence. I don't want to see the consequence for my grandmother in this moment. I don't want to see the consequence for my friend in that moment. I don't want to see the consequence for a loved one when death has its win. So then we... Take a text. Like, Theth- like Theth- uh, Theth- uh, first Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians. praise the Lord for that word. The first gives you a chance to breathe. First Thessalonians 4, 16, where it, it exhumes more context. Turn to your Bibles with me. Let's read it. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna travel through the Bible today. First Thessalonians, church, family. Turn to 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonians chapter 4. First Thessalonians chapter 4. First Thessalonians what? Chapter 4, First Thessalonians, chapter 4. Say amen when you have it. First Thessalonians, chapter 4, verse 16. First Thessalonians, chapter 4, verse 16. Say amen when you have it. If you don't have it like me, say, hold on, wait for me. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4, verse 16. And it reads... First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 16 and I'm reading from the King James For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and with a trumpet with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first There's hope Amen. But wait family there's still that gap My grandmother, my grandfather, my friends that I've lost along the way, the friends and loved ones that you've lost along the way, are in between two phases. Their body is in the dirt. The breath that God has given has returned to him, and they are stead in the ground waiting for the trump of God. Church family, the problem is when we use these texts on a repetitive fashion, we end up eroding the time between because it's so hard to know that grandma, grandpa, husband, wife are not there with you right now. You saw their body. You saw them take their last breath. But then what happens? They're just there. It's easy to do the mental gymnastics within our Adventist uh, theology to say, oh, the next thing they see is Jesus. Oh, they're not hurting anymore. But that is just a small pill, very, very close to the same chemical makeup of the theology that they're in heaven. But we, we, we so simply throw around as early as you can be as a kid that you just say, oh, Grandma. Mima is sleeping, but the next thing she'll see is Jesus without any acknowledgement that there is a time period of waiting. And you may say, Pastor, that's so hard. What do you mean? Da, 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 no. Let's look at it. The man who knew no sin, Jesus, who took on our sin, was dead for three days. But we want me, ma, grandpa, uncle, auntie to immediately be resurrected. But Jesus, who knew no sin, had to wait. I don't know about you, but if you just examine a little bit about your family, they may have to wait a little longer if compared to Christ. So church family, what happens is, and where theology about death starts to Um, become problematic if we devoid ourselves of the fundamental understanding that death has to win. Death has to get its, its, its token. It has to win in the first round. It has to win this season. You know I love sports. Teams have to lose. In order for there to be a champion. Death has to win. This game. Called life. So that the gift of God. Which is eternal life. Can be the victory. And the march. The the celebration. And the championship celebration. That we've been waiting for. There's no hope. If death. Gets its little little check mark, and then everyone's in heaven, chilling, relaxing. What's the point of the second coming? Why don't we just blow it all up, Vlad Biden? Why don't we just nuke it all if that's what happens? But see, then you can man. I can. Oh, I'm gonna go here. That's the problem with the evangelical. Um, conservative evangelical movement that is happening and the combining of of white nationalism in the church, the problem is, who cares? When we die, we immediately see Jesus, so to heck with everybody else. That's why people are itching (laughs) to drop a nuke. That's why people are itching to go to war. Because it's simply a game, and so people can just respond like GTA. But us as Christians who read the Bible within its context understand that there is a period of nothingness separated from God. And you are not, and we we throw this word sleep around, because our finite minds can't understand the gravity of this period of separation where there is nothing Do this with me. Close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Nothing. But there were still small cues. Cars driving by, the sound of the speakers, your breath and breathing. Imagine now, open your eyes, there was nothing. It's uncomprehensible. So, church family, when we look at texts, when we look at Romans, when we look at uh, 1 Thessalonians 4.16, it continues. It continues saying, 1 Thessalonians 4.16, it continues in saying, Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet him in the clouds, meet the Lord in the clouds, in the air, And thus, we shall always be with the Lord. Church family, that's great comfort. But the truth is, that is a victory parade. After you've been knocked out of the playoffs. After you've already been knocked out of the game. And the truth is, you will never be a champion over death. You're never going to get that championship game. You can eat right. You can go to the doctor and get a pill. You can do the naturopathic style of trying to make sure you're healthy and healing. But at the end of the day, death is certain. All right. You will die. Let the Lord come first. But the victory is not mine alone. It's not like tennis, where it's a one-person sport, solo tennis. It's not like golf, where it's a solo sport. Life is more like football and rugby and basketball and hockey and football. It is a team sport. But without a coach who has experienced it all, without a person who knows what it's like, a former player who's already got his championship and who's trying to extend it to you and me. Church family, we only get to experience the victory of the clouds and the trumpets when we're on the team that can beat death because of our coach. So death. Where is your sting? It's here today. The sting of death, the consequence, the hurt of death, the the trauma of death. It's okay. When trying to understand what I'm sharing with you today, I had to realize that I didn't want death to ever have a victory. I didn't want death to win. I didn't want death to win in my life, my friend's life, or anyone else I care about. I didn't want death to win. But my reluctance to accept the fact that death, it's okay for death to win a game. Because they're not gonna win the cha- it's not going to win the championship is a different type of understanding. It's kind of like what the Lakers end up doing, or any team LeBron is on. They don't have to really work through the regular season. As long as they're good enough to make the playoffs. Church family, as long as we are good enough to make those playoffs called following Christ. Right? And as long as we're good enough just to make sure we're in a position to be at the feet of Jesus. Submitting to him. Trusting him. When it's time to put the pedal to the metal. When things come and we may lose a few along the way. When we may be filled with grief and hurt. The truth is victory is imminent, not because of what we are doing, but because of what Christ has already done. But when we separate the process, we don't want to accept that right now, death wins. On earth, death wins. In this world, death wins. In this moment, death wins. When we're in the hospital, death can win. When we're driving down the car, death can win. When we're having to face with sick loved ones, death can win. When we're struggling and wondering whether or not life's worth winning, living, death can win. But the truth is, when it's all said and done, when I submit myself to the will of Christ, and when I accept the gift of eternal life that is found in Christ Jesus, death does not win the championship. It loses in a great, great fashion. The truth is Jesus wins. Not me, but him. It doesn't mean it won't hurt. It doesn't mean you're not going to get sore. It's a part of the game. But it takes an intentional explanation that death can win. But Christ has the final say. i got one more passage. So I'm going to sit down. Was that a praise the Lord for me to sit down? or a, no. <laughs> no, praise God. Yeah, one more text and we're, and we're done today. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 4. We're going to look at this Chapter. And we're going to go home. Amen? Amen. First Corinthians 15 verse 4 text reads he was buried and that he and then he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures so first Jesus died and had to wait three days What's my excuse for feeling like it's unfair? Why am I condensing this period of window? First, Jesus died. That's verse 4. Verse uh, 12 through 14 then tells us, and if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and is vain, and our faith has no substance. Church family, if Christ is not alive, it's all meaningless if Christ didn't rise, you can walk out the door right now, I'm just wasting your time. But church, because there is not only physical evidence, there's scriptural evidence, there is proof that Jesus existed. And the beauty is, you can't convince Jews that zombies exist. In that time, there was no, they didn't have a concept of living dead. They, there it was so hard to convince that, and then the people that Jesus appeared before, 500, believed that he, they saw him. That's not something you could do. You can maybe pull a wool over some QAnon eyes, but you can't pull it over some Jews who understand the principles of life. So when Jesus is resurrected, it's a new concept. That was verse 12 and 14. Church family... And this is where we can shout. This is where we can celebrate. You know, you can come on over. We're we're wrapping up right here. When it's all said and done, when every challenge and frustration, our final victory that we see here, that's what this pericope is entitled, the final victory. I think it's beautiful. And a part I want to look at it and see this part right here. Behold, I tell you a new mystery. We shall not all sleep. But we shall be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. At the last trumpet, when the last trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ shall rise. Oh, church family, see, the text tells us that the dead will rise and put on we know that the dead will put on immortality incorruptibility church family but the interesting thing I want to look at this part right here it's the last part of this passage in verse uh, 55 oh death where is your sting grave where is your victory church family the dead are dead the living are living, but there is going to come a time where that space between death and resurrection becomes shorter. There's going to come a time where Moses is 40 days. It won't be a relatively short stint in death. It's going to slowly but surely go from Maybe 100 days, Elder McCarthy, to 50 days. Because when that cloud starts to break, it may just be one day. But church family, it's all equal. It's all the same because when Jesus breaks the clouds, death has had its victory. Death has run around and and had its chance to win. Death has moved and, and taken our loved ones and our friends. But church family, today I've come to tell you something that I learned this week in the midst of death, when we put it in its rightful place, Jesus will win at the end. So you don't gotta worry about the the, the outcomes of the loved one's experience. What you gotta remember is death may win, but Jesus wins too. Church family, you don't have to worry about your grandmother, your mother, your father, your brother, your cousin, your aunt. Church family, when Jesus comes back, their period of rest, their period of great nothingness will end and then Jesus, the son of David, who has had mercy on you and me, will come down with a great shout and a trumpet and those that are alive and remain will be caught up. Oh, church family, will be caught up. We use the word caught up all the time to refer to our loved ones who act in a fool. Oh, you done got caught up now. But, church family, it has a different connotation when we experience with Jesus. We done been bad, but yet, praise the Lord, because of his goodness, we're caught up. Are you wanting to get caught up, church family? So today, death may win. Death can win today. But Jesus wins at the end. The only thing left to do today, church family, is acknowledge the fact that There may be someone today who wants to make sure they're on the winning team. Sign-ups are open. No tryout required. All you have to do is not to bring, you don't have to have a jersey. You don't have to have the pads. You don't have to have the uniform. All you've got to do is say, Jesus, have mercy on me. So right now, so if there's someone today watching online, if there's someone today in the room, everyone's eyes closed, heads bowed, If there's someone today who wants to join the team, I invite you just to raise your hand and say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I want to win, but I can't do it on my own. Lord Jesus, I know death is certain, but the gift of eternal life, not the life that we have today, is found in you. So God, today we pray for someone who is in desperate need of just knowing that yes, this life may end in death, that it's okay that this life ends in death and that we don't have to become over-desensitized to it, but to accept the fact that when it's all said and done, it will not end in death. God, we pray for our friends and families who are grieving losses right now. Lord, you know what I intended to preach, but God, I pray that someone today's Reminded that death only wins this season. But when the new earth and the new life begins, found in you, when you break those clouds, it's a new season. And that it's not going to be the same, that death won't win like it had won in our time period of experience. God, we're praying for someone who is on their hospital bed, who's who's grieving and dying with their loved ones around them or even alone. God, we're praying for the people who are wondering and questioning what does it all mean if death can win today? But God, we know that tomorrow when the clouds, that day that is to come that we don't know yet, but when you do come in the clouds of glory, knowing that you will win. So God, we pray for every broken heart who's become despondent and given up all hope. That there would be hope found not in the 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 extra the exegesis and the analytical efforts that are put into the text, but the simple fact that even though the wages of sin is death, full stop, the gift, the free gift of God is eternal life. So God, we ask and we say, Lord, we want that eternal life today. That we're not going to be hopeless, that we're not going to give in to the the fear and the despair that can be found. So God, we lift up each and every one of our struggles and challenges that would make our belief impossible. And say, Lord, we say, come. Come, Lord, come quickly. But even in the space of nothingness, we know that you will have the final victory. So God, because your word said it, that settles it. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Church family, what a mighty God we serve. The angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Were you not encouraged today? i am so glad that you made it to the end of the episode this is a part for you to participate you listened you've engaged you've seeped in all the information now it's time for you to engage go to the comment section and the description box and interact with your brothers and sisters in christ in the comment section but also engage with the digital decision card if you've made a decision that you want to live a better life more pleasing to god this is your chance to just let your bible speaks family know that you are doing something different because of what you've heard and the ministry here at your bible speaks it is my honor and privilege to know that god is changing your life through the word of god you're hearing here And it's my prayer that you'll continue to live a life that is pleasing to our Heavenly Father. So, until next week, God bless you, God keep you, and may His face shine upon you and bring you peace. God bless.